welcome to another episode of The Big Question, presented by Friends of Film, a podcast in in-depth look at a specific related question. On this episode, we'll discuss what cinematic universe has the brightest future. As always, I'm your host, Cooper. Once again, joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cooper. Hello, uh, world. <laughs> Hello, world. I already said the whole, everybody. The, the whole world is listening. Yeah, I just ran out of things to say, okay. and I didn't have a great intro this <laughs> week. Uh, happy Wednesday. And we hope that your week is going well. Yes. The week, Cooper, when you think about it, is like a phase of the year. Okay. It's one fifty-second. There are seven days, seven chances to do things differently all the way through. And it's kind of like a, if you think of the year as a cinematic universe. Oh, boy. And this week is phase... I have no idea what week we are. This is probably like phase like 28. Yes. And this is the installment. And this is, you know. And, and this makes no sense. This is but film it, four. It's <laughs> correct. And five. Because it's May. Yeah, but it's the fourth day of the week. Okay. This analogy falls apart if you think about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm really but, confused. But the point is, um, this week is about... That. Cinematic universes. Right. That is. Um, and we follow cinematic universes all the time. So if you're interested in those, um, follow us on Twitter, at Friends in Film, or check out all the movies we review that have cinematic universes of their very own on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends of the show. That is correct. And yes, so we're going to, uh, you know, Avengers Endgame is out in theaters right now. Uh, it is crushing the box office as the time of our recording. It is the second highest grossing movie of all time. It'll probably stay that way for a couple more weeks, uh, a couple more days at least, uh, before it passes Avatar eventually, which it looks like it is now like a surefire. It's going to happen. Avengers Endgame is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. And... In doing so, it, it closed off the first 11 years uh, of the MCU and has opened up a future full of possibilities. And it's kind of not, you know, re-leveled uh, the playing field for everybody in terms of cinematic universe landscape because you still have those 11 years of history. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's kind of a, a clean slate kind of from here forward for, for Marvel where, all right, you, you built up to this, now what's next? And so that's what we're going to be talking about with the MCU, with the DCU, with Star Wars, with all of these different cinematic franchises, which at this point are basically cinematic universes. Um, run through a whole bunch of them, see where they're at, where they are, or where they currently are, what they could be in the future, and then ultimately whether or not we are excited for them. Um, and then at the end, we'll crown our individual uh, champion of what cinematic universe has the brightest future. So... Let's just start off with the MCU because um, I think when you look at their current status uh, right now, I, it, they're on top of the world. Uh-huh. There's no way else to describe them, basically. I mean, I guess there's other words you could say, but they are at the top of the game. You can't get any higher than what they are right now other than eventually passing Avatar. Um, so they are really at the, like, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine the MCU becoming bigger than it is right now, uh-huh. which is kind of a daunting thing when you look towards the future of the cinematic universe. Like, if they've got good films coming up, but like, how do you, you know, do this again? For sure. How do you climb? To, how do you race up to the top of the um, highest grossing films of all time? Chart, ladder, mm-hmm. place. Um, I mean, like, heck, you could even make a run for the most ticket sales of all time. Probably. Like individual people attending, which is still owned by Gone with the Wind. And mm-hmm. Because somehow, like, the entire country at that point saw the thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you ingest... For inflation, like Gone with the Wind is like crazy money. 
Yeah, it's something like ridiculous where you're like, what do they do? Like roll up the people's homes with like individual projectors <laughs> and like, for, like you know, glue their eyes open? I don't know. But like that speaks right there to the past though. Um, and so if we're going to talk about the MCU's brightest future. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're losing all these stars. Yeah, I mean, spoilers for Avengers Endgame if you yes. haven't seen it yet, which, I mean, you, come on. It's made over, at, by the time you guys are hearing this, it's probably made over $2.4 billion. Yeah, yeah like based, based off of um, demographics and numbers and right. our, our, uh, our audience, I think, we think we're, we're good for no spoilers so. here. Um, but, yes, you're losing all of these people. Uh, Tony Stark seemed to make an exit. Robert Downey Jr. is gone. Chris Evans seems to be saying, I'm ready to... See you later. He's hanging the cane and the shield up. Or taking the cane and... Yeah, he's, hanging the shield he's up. taking the cane and he passed the shield on. Right, he's got a walker now. Captain yeah. America with a walker will be funny. Um, anyway, like Scarlett Johansson is said goodbye. Uh, kind somebody of. else. <laughs> right, like she's getting a prequel movie. Um, so like all of those things are gone and now you got to hit reset mm-hmm. practically, basically. The momentum, your audience has an out. People can be like, all right, no more, no more, yeah. no more. Um, so what do you have to draw people in? What's the future of the MCU? Well, uh, in terms of their movie future, which there are, there's a, a lot of future on the Disney Plus streaming service where you're getting a, a Hawkeye streaming uh, series, potentially a Falcon and Winter Soldier series, a WandaVision series. Um, there's a bunch of them in development as well. But in terms of what we know for sure are coming, confirmed future films, technically... It's just Spider-Man Far From Home. That's what we know of. It has a release date. It is set. It's coming out in two months. Like, we know that's happening. But really, if you look at what we know is uh, that has a screenwriter and a director attached for a future project, that opens up the landscape for MCU moving forward, where we have Black Widow, The Eternals, Black Panther 2, uh, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, or maybe as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, depending on what they want to call it, I guess. Um, But that's what we know for sure is coming with MCU. And what is that like? How does that sound to you when you look at that? Like when you hear that slate, does that make you excited for what's coming next, or you're like, you know, like that sounds cool, but like I'm not like super excited about any of them. Yeah, like it, it, it all sounds cool, like you said. Like every one of those, each individual ideas, are in movies is like, yeah, heck yeah, I would mm-hmm. see that. I'm absolutely gonna be there for Black Panther two or Guardians of the Galaxy. Is there is there and... one that above all else that you're like of those confirmed films? Mm-hmm. You're like, this is the one I have to see. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Like, there's no, there's no better franchise, at least with the momentum and the, um, the idea and everything behind it. And James Gunn's back. And James and... Gunn's back, and the, the ideas left in Endgame for the possibility of him or of Thor being there. Um, he's got a contract. Yes, almost. He I, does. I think so. Uh, rumors. The, THR alluded to the fact that he is like definitely on board <laughs> yeah, right without, without outright confirming it so that way in like two months i can release like a exclusive like mm-hmm. chris hemsworth has signed on for guardians 3 it's right. like he's, uh, he's duh <laughs> spoken to them about probably for already early for men of black international so they've got yeah. the scoop and they can tease it all out probably across. i'm not sure anyway either or yeah guardians of the galaxy says we're about to have a whole lot of fun they've finally just gone weird and tossed it to the cosmos mm-hmm and right there, Thor is going to be that, um, he's going to be carrying the torch for the old guard. Yeah. And so that's what I think makes it the most exciting. Yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to ways. really choose. I mean, the, the immediacy of Far From Home is like, oh, like Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, sign me up. Yes, that sounds great. Um, but in the aftermath of Endgame, I'm also really excited just to see, like, I think Doctor Strange 2 with how, like, how does Doctor Strange then like go from seeing all these futures like 
making the one happen where he like basically made sure that Tony Stark died, mm-hmm. uh, guaranteed that death. Uh, and then, but now like he doesn't have the time stone anymore. So he's lost his main sort, like his biggest source of power, his biggest source of responsibility in a certain extent. Like what is his future like now? I think that's super fascinating. And with Scott Derrickson on board with nightmare, potentially as the villain with Baron Mordo still involved. Um, like I think a lot of these movies sound good on paper, uh, but like, there's not like that. Like, like you kind of mentioned that the, the momentum behind them of like, Oh man, like I can't wait to see this because it's going to build to this and it's going to build to this and that connects to this and then we get this. Yeah, like it's like that's all. Like, huh? Maybe these could all be immediate aftermath of Endgame. These could all be set in the prequels. Like, we yes. don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like when you look at the MCU movies, gross pro or like let's just say um, for the lack of you know for for metrics' sake that gross domestic or gross worldwide box office like points to success, mm-hmm. which I guess it does. Yeah. Um, Marvel movies as this Infinity War saga went on, just did better and better and better and better opening weekend. Ant-Man, the lone outlier there right? in terms of just right. I mean, like, Ant-Man like, and Dr. Eh. Strange were like, yeah, those, those are fine, but they weren't like, you know, a yeah. hundred million dollar openers. That's a movie. Mm-hmm. But then you get up to the big tickets, like um, Thor, you get to black Panther then you Captain get Marvel. to Captain Marvel, which is the one that really speaks to just like what is going on right. here um, in, in a big way. Did not expect it to go that far. And I think all of these movies will like do something like that. Mm-hmm. Like the Eternals and Shang-Chi will be like, what do we have here? Yeah, like question marks, but then they could also be like, you know, big opening weekends with Angelina Jolie leading the way for mm-hmm. Eternals and like right. crazy visuals potentially. And it's like, whoa, what's this? And then, then the Thanos thing, is here. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing too, though, you have the casts that you're like, you lose Robert Denny Jr. Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner's probably gone. I mean, yeah, he's, he's gone to Disney plus for a couple episodes. And who's leading again? Angelina Jolie. Kumail Nijiani is getting on board, mm-hmm. and then they're going to fill up the rest of that cast. Jake Gyllenhaal is jumping into Spider-Man and probably going to be around for a nice. future Finger, episode. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, he'll absolutely. probably be an overarching bad guy to a certain extent. But uh, right I mean, in terms of like leading the MCU, we've got Brie Larson, Chadwick Boseman, Tom Holland, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, all of the Guardians people. Chris Hemsworth is still around. Paul Rudd is still around as well. Like, There's a lot of star power still to go. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can just keep building off of that. And you think it's going to stop there? No, they've got the no. deepest, pocket, deepest, deepest pockets ever for that. Mm-hmm. And when you have money, you can buy potential, and you buy that in the form of actors, and right? They'll have like Charlize Theron star in some movie Eventually, in like two yeah, years, very soon. And I mean, yeah. then right other than that, I mean, uh, Thor four, Captain Marvel two, Spider Man three, and then like X Men, Fantastic Four properties. Those are all probably coming as well. So, um, like, the lineup doesn't just stop with like those like eight movies that we mentioned before. Like, they're still. A lot more to come. There's that Dark Avengers script that's reportedly out there um, on Ka- on Kevin Feige's desk, waiting for a director to detach itself to. Like, there's a lot of things out here, um, just waiting to kind of be picked up and run with, and just like launch us forward. Um, so as we look towards the future, I know we're not going to crown our individual champs right now, but the outlook for the MCU is very promising, like without a doubt. Yes, definitely it looks good, just by sheer force. Yeah, and. Uh, so then, on the opposite side of this coin, because they're always compared one to the other, Marvel to DC, the DC Extended Universe, as it is unofficially called, uh, that is also one that is still around, that's still going, um, and it's picking up steam. I think when you look at its current status, uh, the big thing for me is that it's had two hits in a row. You know, we had 
uh, Aquaman do a billion dollars, really mm-hmm. well received for the most part. And then Shazam comes out. It only it only makes like four hundred million dollars worldwide, but it does it on a hundred million dollar budget, so it's still profitable um, for the studio, and it gets great reviews. And hopefully, like there's movements moving on Shazam two and stuff. So uh, that's where like the current status of DCU is like like it's got, it's very it's promising and like they have it looks like they have a a tone and some sort of a loose uh, guidelines of what they want to do with this moving forward yeah um and that brings us to like their future films where they've lined up where you have birds of prey and wonder woman 1984 come out in 2020 we have the batman the suicide squad uh coming out in uh 2021 and then we have aquaman 2 set for 2022 as well so uh those are their confirmed films with the release dates in the dc extended universe uh what do those titles do for you? Which one is your, like, I need that one? Um, that, uh, the Batman. I mean, like, I know it's really easy to say that. It's, it's cliche, actually, in a lot of ways. But that's the genre-defining, genre uh, that's the DC's defining character mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. What Wonder Woman is the mo- film I'm most excited for, 1984. Yeah. Um, on so many fronts for so many reasons. Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and um, the Chris. The yeah, we have to reassess the Chris Wars sometime soon. <laughs> or someone's got to. Okay. Sean Gunn uh, took a stab at it online, which, uh, was, which was funny. Yeah, for sure, especially with um, uh, the new Thor. And anyway, uh, all that said, um, I that's going to be like the linchpin for them going forward. Because Wonder Woman is going to be treated like an outlier, yeah. no matter what. Because Patty Jenkins is just someone that coming in and doing something so specific, and it doesn't really speak to the the cinematic universe as a whole in a lot of ways because it's just so much Patty and the her, the force of her talents making those movies go spin forward in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. like once you put Wonder Woman in, you know, under another director it's like we all saw we all saw Justice League and how she got treated there right right and so that is what that is but like you said Shazam and Aquaman um, or Shazam really actually is the real Hamada mm-hmm. film yep. and I think that points to something smaller low key but tonally bright light with uh, action that warms your heart all the way through to the end. Mm-hmm. Aquaman is another one of these outliers because James Wan is just everywhere, and that's so his film. Yeah. And so it's hard to say that it speaks for everything else. The Birds of Prey movie, looking great, sounding great. Um, and so we'll see from there, but that's starting to feel like it's something awesome. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm at with it. Like, they... It's going to be like a real test this next year. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think their lineup all has promise to them. And I'm excited about each of their films. Wonder Woman 1984 is probably at the top of that list for me just because we know to a certain extent like what this is going to be. Like we know what Patty Jenkins brings to the table. We know what Gal Gadot brings to the table. We know what Chris Pine brings to the table, even if it's a slightly different version of him. But then we have Unknowns with Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig and an exciting cast around them. Um as like the Batman could depend a lot on like who they get as Batman. Like that could sway interest uh, positively or negatively. Um, as we've seen in the past with the Batman character, the casting can be very controversial. Um, but I think no matter what happens there, like it still feels like we're gearing up towards something. Like there's no over- overarching plan of like, oh, here's the teases of Dark Side yes. and here's where we're going. Um, but like there may be like that small plan in place of like, all right, if this happens and this is a success and this happens and this hits and this also hits and this other movie hits then maybe then after that then we can bring them all together again 
because there's no immediate plans for Just League 2, um, but they are developing things for The Flash, Green Lantern, Just League Dark, Batgirl, Nightwing, Supergirl, Cyborg, Gotham City Sirens, uh, Black Adam, Lobo, New Gods, Booster Gold, The Trench. Like, they're developing all these things, and mm-hmm. a lot of them came before Hamada. Right. So who knows really how many of these are actually still in development. I mean, The Trench came in the post-Hamada world, so I think that's probably still going. Um, but other than that, I feel like all these other ones, I guess, I think Supergirl was also in a Hamada world as well, but it seems like all those other ones could be like a eh, shrug your shoulders, wait and see. We have no idea whether that's going to happen or not. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I think momentum is the key word here as we yeah. move forward and think about these things. Um, because they're really, the train is just starting to like make the right. noise. If the, if, he, the DCU thinks it can at this point. It doesn't know for sure, but it thinks it can. It thinks it can make it over the hill. Yes. And down the, like, the hill of success. And that's what Shazam is. It's the movie that says, oh, hey, we know how, we know how to do this. Right. It's, it was like this purging cleanse of the Snyder vision in a lot of ways. You know, the, um, um, you know just getting, I don't want to say a poison, but getting that out of their system. Mm-hmm. Everything else had been just you know, kind of shaking it off. All the glitter is out of their hair, or whatever the case is. I know I'm trying to use a good metaphor, but I'm losing <laughs> it. Um, and so now it's sort of like, okay, our head's cleared. We took a step in the right direction. And that's Shazam. Batman, Wonder Woman, and uh, that slew of movies that they're working on. Batgirl will probably right. be another one of those bricks where they find... Um, you know, where they're headed. They get on the yellow brick road and they're able to chase it down and find friends along the way. So, yes. But I would not say momentum is behind DC. Okay. I would say it's just like, hey, they got an idea. And they're not, they've pulled themselves out of the mud. Okay, yeah. And they're ready to go. They're ready to take steps. I would agree with that. Where like, whether you like the Snyderverse or didn't like the Snyder takes the movies, like they were very distinct and very uh, divisive. And so they've gotten, I think the DCU away from that where people aren't, you know, uh, the majority of people are not obsessing over whether or not the Snyder cuts coming anymore. And they're more like, all right, here's what we have. Here's what we have moving forward. We're happy with this. Let's get behind it. And so I think their outlook is, 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 is very good as well. Where, where we're moving towards something, whether it happens we don't know whether these all stay in largely separated solo franchises. That's totally fine too. We don't need to build up to an end game for the DCU. We can do something much smaller, separate these things out a little bit more. And then, you know, maybe we can have smaller crossovers where, you know, uh, I don't know, like a Superman cameo can be in the Batman or where, uh, somebody like Shazam can be in suicide squad for like a split second. Be like, why are you here? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yes. Like stuff like that can happen. Um, but, uh, other than, you know, outside of DC, we also have star Wars, which is main is mostly this, this main Skywalker saga. It's, it's kind of weird to think about it as a cinematic universe. Um, but it has dived into that territory, um, already mm-hmm. with rogue one, rogue and, one solo. and solo expanding on the mythology, expanding on this Skywalker story. And in terms of their confirmed, confirmed future, that's all we know for sure is that star Wars episode nine uh, the Rise of Skywalker is indeed happening. It's coming out this December. But other than that, we don't know. There's no release date set for future uh, Star Wars movies. We don't know when the next one's going to come. We know they are developing uh, trilogies with Ben Affleck Wise mm-hmm. and then Ryan Johnson as well. Um, but in terms of what we like, know for sure, uh, there's like it's a they're, they're very secretive about what's happening at Star Wars at this point. 
Yeah, we all like, we just know there are two creators attached. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson, proven the Last Jedi, uh, also proven Looper and Brick mm-hmm. and Brothers Bloom and soon to be Knives Out. Yes, so good. Well, I mean, I imagine it'll be. So yeah, good. it has to be so. Anyway, good. he <laughs> is so good. Benioff and Weiss. Um, their accomplishment isn't so much like Game of Thrones episodes, but it is putting together the show. Right. It's their vision. The long-running um, saga, which has interconnections and family ties and just all-out um, fantastical sci-fi or fantasy and middle-age goodness mm-hmm. to it. And so when you think of Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones guys are like, now we're going to go do space Game of Thrones. Hopefully. In a lot of ways. Like, hopefully, but like... Old Republic style Probably stuff. less adult content. Oh, yes, um, for sure. <laughs> and so... Like, <laughs> there's, there's no way that happens. Like, like the lightsaber jokes would just not die. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, point being... Uh, full frontal lightsaber. Oh, uh, gosh. Okay. Like, anyway, that's big. Because Game of Thrones is the biggest thing else out there other than the MCU. Yeah. I would say. If you're going from... In terms of pop culture right now, in for terms sure. Of pop culture right now. I mean, we are living right now, and it's the height of yep. it. It was, everything is saturated. Oreo has a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried those. I yet. haven't either. I'm going to get a pack before the tonight's episode. Okay. We're taping on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and um, point being, like that is going to make or break them. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson's going to do his thing, and Star Wars is going to stay the same, for better or worse. Like for for better. Oh my kid. Yeah. Why did I say that? <laughs> like if, with Ryan Johnson, Benioff and Weiss and what they do will either make or break Star Wars. It'll either push them back into the Force Awakens realm, where they can probably do seven hundred million domestic uh-huh. or something like that again. Like no one's ever going to do the Force Awakens nine hundred again. I mean, in terms of Star Wars or any movie ever. Star any movie ever probably. I mean, Endgame's going to cross seven hundred this week. Yeah, but so it could probably get there. Two hundred more. I don't know. I feel like I don't know either. I don't know. I feel like it's possible. Okay. Anyway, I I I wonder how much benefit it is from just like everywhere all at once. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Anyway, that's where it's going to live and breathe. Like we don't know about the like the anthology films seem to be dead. Yeah, I think the. The franchise potential. Seems like all that kind of stuff has gone to Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, here's the Mandalorian. Here's a Cassian Andor series. The Obi Wan movie will probably go there. Probably. Like, at this point, it's hard to imagine a hundred fifty million dollar Obi Wan movie set on Tatooine with Ewan McGregor. Like, that just seems not what like would like do well at the box office. It seems like that's like prime for Star Wars sweaties to really like dig in. Take it all yeah, in listen, and like, just take yeah, it in Paul over Thomas six Anderson's episodes. Paul Thomas Anderson's Obi-Wan f- movie <laughs> would be great on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my gosh. I don't, it won't be Paul Thomas Anderson, but... <laughs> mm, it would be pretty cool, I know. I mean, Can it would be imagine? cool. It'd be, yeah. It would anyway, not be Paul T. Anyway, anyway. That's... The future's going to live and breathe on them. Do they have momentum behind themselves? Yes. Because Skywalker's going to culminate and... I would the, say the they have, they, I would say they have semi-momentum. I think they have. I think they will. Ha- they have what I would call momentum behind them. If we're give, at this point, at this point, because if we're going to say the MCU has momentum behind it, after they just said, "Ta-da!" Right, but it, it, so does Star Wars. But it's doing that on a very well received, biggest movie of all time. Like it's doing it on that note. We're like, 
in its current form, the biggest like momentum shift that Star Wars has gotten is the drop of the Episode Nine trailer. Before that, it was like Solo, eh, eh, it was fine. We saw it, but we all kind of forgot about it in terms of like the cult, like main culture. But then, and then Star Wars: The Last Jedi. As much as we both love it, that wasn't the case around the world. That wasn't the case for everybody. And so I feel like there's like a Opti- like a cautiously optimistic attitude around everything with Star Wars. That's where I at least see it as. Where I, th- I think there is some momentum, but I don't think it's on the like the level of the MCU at this point. Where it's like, even even if the Eternals is the next movie that comes out for the MCU, I still feel like it's going to be a decently sized hit because it's going to have Marvel Studios, boom. That's the first thing you're going to see. Whereas if Obi Wan or yeah, some other like if another Rogue One esque movie was coming out next. Like, I don't know if that'd be like a giant hit for Star Wars because like people are like, eh, I just saw Solo, eh, and it was fine. I'm not gonna rush out to go see this one. Yeah, yes, if you're in the anthology mindset where you can skip or not skip, but if you're laying the groundwork for six more movies, sure, behind Benioff and Weiss, who are probably gonna need that much time to tell their story. I mean, Game of Thrones is telling that same thing. Be interesting to see how they can make that transition. Yeah. Um, that's what they're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. They'll need more than six hours to tell something epic. And if it's the old Republic where you have a, a murder's row of cool characters and talent and lore to draw from, to run with, that'll be really epic. Yeah. And, I mean, if it is old Republic, they could really embrace the cinematic universe landscape where it's like the old Republic is like their like Avengers films or something. And then like the characters in there spun off and do their own thing in between. Those are like every four years. Or something like there, there's ways to like do this and expand it where I think the outlook of Star Wars is, is, is positive, obviously. Um, yes, but the Game of Thrones guys are coming to Star Wars, yeah. But we've what known, are they gonna we've do? We've known that for two years, exactly. And as soon as the air gets sucked out, the momentum is gonna go, start chugging again as they cast, as they do all of these things, mm-hmm. and then. Just a torrent of awesomeness. I think I'd be more behind you on the momentum thing if we knew the Bath Wise movie was coming out December twenty twenty one for sure. Like I think that's probably where we'll end up landing. But like at this point, there like there is some uncertainty of like it could be twenty twenty one, it could be twenty twenty two, it could be twenty twenty five before we see the next Star Wars movie. We don't know. It's possible. And so like that's not a six year gap is not momentum for a franchise. That's a stop and a reset. Yes. But it's not like they're starting from a blank canvas. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's Star. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Because like they're literally coming off of just each film they've done, crossing a bill. Oh no, Star of Solo was off. Yes. But um, like they've billion. Like Solo was disappointing, but mm-hmm. it still did better than Ant Man. Did it? Ant Man and the Wasp. Worldwide, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm gonna fact check that. Fact check that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Solo box office. We really made $392 million worldwide. Wow. Ant-Man definitely made more. That was like in the fives, I think. That's rough. Ant-Man made 519. That's really so rough. So it made Ant-Man, Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man movie made $120 million more at the box office three years before what Solo Star Wars movie did. Solo Star Wars story, not movie. <laughs> well, anyway, my point is <laughs> Force Awakens, $2 billion, Last Jedi, a billion. This next one's going to go two billion. Yeah, I mean, Rogue One did a billion. Like you know, like it, the the momentum is there. I agree, but I think Solo still put somewhat of a a, a a a chip in the armor. You know, it's not as like foolproof. These are all going to be hits. 
true. But we're that's past. Benioff and Weiss. Sure, yeah, the future. And Ryan Johnson are coming to Star Wars. Yeah. Land. You have top-notch directors ready to, your hand, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and this could all change if we're like, you know, once we get casting and plot details and we get mm-hmm. more information on what these are, but since they are, these are both completely, at this point, unknown quantities. They could be movies about uh, Jabba the Hutt's, you know, cousins, for all we know. Like, we have no idea. So I, th- I think it's it's a little premature to put, like, the full-on, like, these are going to be massive hits no matter what. But that's just my opinion. It is just your opinion. So uh, we'll move on then to the MonsterVerse, which is uh, what Warner Brothers and Legendary are building out of the Toho uh, monsters that they are uh, they started with Godzilla in 2014, they did Kong Island in 2017, and now in their confirmed future, we see Godzilla King of the Monsters coming out this May, and then Godzilla vs. Kong coming out in 2020. Um, in development, there's nothing right now. As far as we know, I'm sure there's probably some other sequels or spinoffs, uh, a Ghidorah prequel movie or something mm-hmm. in the works. Um, but that's what we know right now. And I think in terms of its current status, uh, I feel like Warner Brothers is sitting there at their desk waiting with a button to press. And when they press that button, then four more you know, MonsterVerse movies are greenlit and put into production and development. And that button's not going to probably be pressed until after Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out. Right. Um, but like, that's where I feel, that's where I am feeling this universe is at right now, where they're in the waiting period where they don't know yet if they can dive all in on this or if they're like, all right, Godzilla King of the Monsters was good, but it didn't live up to our expectations as a studio. And so now we're going to still do Godzilla vs. Kong, and that's going to be it. But if Godzilla King of the Monsters is a huge hit, then it's like, all right, press that button and let's get six other movies going. Yeah. Uh, like um, The first Godzilla movie did okay. Mm-hmm. Like Brian Cranston, terrific all the way through. Um, a decent enough hit, like $500 million box office. That's good. Yeah. Um, and so if you're Warner Brothers and this new Godzilla movie looks like it's headed for what worldwide box office Godzilla loving audiences want to see mm-hmm. which is monsters fighting monsters wreaking havoc on small cities but also having like a massive diverse cast uh, to quip and basically you know bow down before Godzilla and right. Mothra and King Ghidorah and all that jazz but they're running out of steam like it's just kind of falling off like not falling off as much as I'm excited for Mo- King of Monsters as much as anybody uh-huh but once we get to that, it'll then be King Kong, and that'll be where they put the crown on either Godzilla or King Kong, or whatever mm. monsters they team up to fight. Uh, yeah, I, I doubt they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna crown a winner. Correct. And so that's just kind of like a word that we're, that's it. You know, like it'll it'll get there. We'll, we'll cross the finish line. We'll be like, yes, all right, but the, it's not gonna expand anything else. No, because like, doing these movies is expensive, and you can yeah. only have the. I think Godzilla's gonna do the same. Godzilla the second one. can't stay in the public consciousness for that long. Godzilla, like he's not gonna like wink at the camera. Well, and sure, hug. But what if Billy you got a, what if you got a Mothra prequel movie forever? Like there's like, of course. So like because it's so because of the way they're done. Yeah, and each time it kind of resets Godzilla. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna reset Godzilla every time. You're gonna let it sit. Yeah. Until you just start it all over again. Okay, so you're under the opinion that this cinematic universe is about to be over. It's going to go out with a bang, and we're going to love every single minute of those movies. But then, or at least I imagine I uh-huh. will. But then it's just like, okay, that's the end of Godzilla. Okay, I mean, I think I could see a future where that's the case. But I still think if 
whether it's the right decision or not based on the characters. I think if Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out and it makes uh, over $700 million worldwide, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out, or Godzilla vs. Kong comes out next year and it makes 900 plus, then we're looking at this is like going to not, this is not going to stop as long as the Earth in this universe is not completely destroyed okay. <laughs> by all the Toho monster chaos that's happening. Like, as long as there's a world for these monsters to exist, I think they're going to continue to telling stories. I mean, we talked about on the main show that Godzilla King of Monsters, that final trailer, has mentioned that there's 17 yes. different mm-hmm. creatures out there. That's Those are, if if Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and Ghidorah are counted in them, um, and then Kong is one of them as well, that's five. That's 12 other movies potential right there of those other characters, their origins, their own adventures, their own, you know, whatever. The King Godzilla versus Kong is really going to be like just them snapping all the other monsters next. And then they like, are like, all right, time to fight for dominance. And they're like, oh, we're, we've been friends the entire time. They'll <laughs> shake hands. And then King Kong goes back to his own island. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I can totally see that happening. I just still think that the outlook is, and again, they're just at this decision point. So it's kind of hard to judge what their future is. Cause I think they still have to decide whether or not this is a, a four movie arc or whether this is the start of something much, much bigger. Yeah. I think it's the end of an arc. Okay. Personally. Um, what about the wizarding world of Harry Potter? We have the, those first eight movies came out. They were uh, mostly great, did really well, cultural phenomenon in a lot of ways. But now the last couple of years, fantastic beasts have been in theaters. The first one was a, a, a hit financially. And now the second one came out and was a dud uh, with audiences and at the box office as well. Uh, I believe it's the lowest grossing Harry Potter movie of all time, uh, wow. which is crazy to say. Um, I should probably fact check that. But uh, we talked about on the main show that um, Fantastic Beast 3 is on the way. They still are planning to do the other three, the two movies beyond that. So we get five Fantastic Beast film as a whole. And uh, I mean, when you look at this, it's just like a... Uh, the current status is uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm there, I'm there too. But like, it's also at this point where it's just like, kind of like drunkenly hauling itself across the finish line. We are, everyone is annoyed with J.K. Rowling, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. This seems like online is just like, or yeah. just to me at this point. And now it's just kind of like the inevitable. Like these things are going to exist because there are so many diehard and Harry Potter curious fans out there. Mm-hmm. They'll just be like, Harry Potter, sure, why not? And then it will creak across the finish line because they can turn a profit off of this, but not only this, merchandise, tie-ins, whatever else mm-hmm. they're doing. It's just the reason for it to keep going. I mean, Pottermore and the Potter universe is huge. Yeah. On a scale we cannot fathom. No, I, I definitely cannot. I'm and, not connected to that world at all. <laughs> and so they will continue... But they will just sort of they it will just sort of be like a perpetual existence, blinking with the same intensity so often and so much that you don't notice it anymore. It kind of fades into the background. And I wouldn't call it something that's culturally or um you know, significant in any way. It just is. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that takes people to the movies because that's the only place you can get it. Yeah. Momentum. I would say it's gone. Yeah, well, I think the momentum, and as I said before, it is, I did fact check, and it is indeed the lowest grossing Harry Potter movie of all time is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, by 100, almost $150 million worldwide. Um, 
at the worldwide box office, but then domestically there was a there's uh, between the first the the two Fantastic Beasts films there was almost uh, there was an eighty million dollar drop Oof. between the first one and the second one, and I, don't, I doubt that's going to continue to the next one, and then the, the third Fantastic Beasts film makes like. 70 million dollars domestically uh, but at the same time like it just doesn't seem like there's a, a lot of interest even like harry potter enthusiasts from what i've gathered are not super amped for the future of this because they don't know where it's going it seems like jk is kind of making this up as she goes along and is doing weird things with the canon and the characters and isn't really diving into the stuff people actually want to talk about and want to focus on so it seems to me like this is just like they are a Fantastic Beast three complete flop away from the last two movies not happening, mm-hmm. which is why I've been wanting them to just be like, you know what, that was too ambitious of us. We're going to cut down these last two movies, and Fantastic Beast three is going to be. We're just going to do a trilogy. We're not going to do a five film arc. I can't even remember the last movie. Did Kernigal get killed or did he survive? No, he survived because then uh, he reveals to Credence that he's like Dumbledore's half brother, brother or Wah. something. Oh yeah, that's right. That's and just right. like what. Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How come this wasn't mentioned in any of your other movies or books or anything? And again, it's just that the, you're pulling things out of thin air here, uh, JK. So, Hot uh, Dumbledore has a brother. <laughs> right. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really at this point, like, they need, like, such a huge hit with Fantastic Beasts 3. I think this is over. Yeah. And, I mean, then we'll probably just push WB in the position of, all right, let's do what's the the Harry Potter the new Harry Potter book or whatever the stage play or whatever the cursed child yes yes like yes, they'll yes. they'll do that where all right now let's get Dean Radcliffe and Emma Watson like let's pay them hundreds of millions of dollars to get them back and then we can kind of try to reboot this in a way where all right now it's about like their kids or their grandkids or uh-huh. something but now they're still around for like a cameo or two and we can still use them yeah. like that's where I feel like this is going ultimately where they're not developing that currently but I like for sure within the next five years, there's a report from a trade that you know, that book has been adapted for the big screen. Like I, that's inevitable in my mind. Mm. All of their characters will be aged up for it perfectly. Yeah. And that's, that's the perfect time to do it. So uh, it's not looking great for fantastic beasts in the wizarding world. Um, but we also have the fast and furious franchise, which started as the street racing, um, you know, heist franchise now is, become one of the biggest franchises of all time and is spinning off into the cinematic universe territory with Hobbs and Shaw coming later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of their confirmed movies that are coming out. We also know fast and the furious uh, nine is indeed coming out as well. It has a release date and that fast and furious 10 is also in development, but not, uh, I don't believe it has a release date at this point. Um, and there's also been talk of a all female fast and furious movie teaming up Michelle Rodriguez and all the other female characters in the, in the franchise. Um, but when you just look at the current status of this universe, they're just a money-making machine. And whether you like that or not, it's been incredibly successful for Universal, and there's no reason to stop this moving forward. No, there is not in any way. Like, we're talking about momentum and movies that are continually doing better and better and better and better. Uh-huh. This is one of those movies. Yes, it is. And they are now putting out feelers to an expanded universe. Hobbs and Shaw is that first one, mm-hmm. and it looks amazing incredible they grabbed a fantastic cast the action is better than ever idris ilba is black superman that's right like and keanu reeves may be in there keanu reeves is gonna come in and so right here you go you have to say momentum like i the audiences show no both domestic and international like no like 
sign of ready to call it quits. No. There's not even a cultural exhaustion. There are jokes about it. It seems like it's like there's it just becomes more popular as we go on. Exactly. There's like I said there's there's quips about it. There's my favorite tweet of all time about how it's Fast and Furious movies will be I don't remember the guy. He works for the late show. Um well be keep me in May until the oceans, you know, come like and swallow America. But then they do boat versions. Ah, okay. And so, it, like, dude, I'd it. be all on board for a I, boat version of Fast and Furious. That sounds amazing. Isn't that the Meg? No, but no. like, I want like a full on like speed boats. Like, <laughs> like I think, I think they kind for of sure. dove into that with like Fast Two. That's right. I think there's a little bit of that within the Miami mm-hmm. setting. But like, let's go full on. Like, yeah, let's get oh. planes. Boats, oh, trains. Think, let's do it all. All yeah. the, all the, all the vehicles. I think Paul's character like drives like one of like he, the yeah, blue he, flame cars. He, he off ramps of the ramp. onto a yacht. Yeah, he ramps onto a yacht. That's right. <laughs> it's like what? And then him and um, him and Tyrese. Him and Tyrese start like um, bad boysing it. Like, oh yeah, up all across. Yep, that's yep, right. That's right. It's fantastic. But <laughs> great, great movie. Anyway, point is, people still want to see these. Yep. People still want Vin Diesel and The Rock. And their entire supporting cast. Um, it's only a matter of time before they go out of their way to revive Gal Gadot to toss oh, yeah. in this franchise. For sure. I mean, you just need stars all over. If not a revival, it's like a, a prequel film with her and Han. Or right. Or like Han didn't die too. That's why they're able to be right. best buddies with Jason Statham. Yeah. Like all those sorts of things. So it's coming and it's probably going to go. It's probably going to go at least three more movies. Like, I mean, before. yeah, we, we know we know three more are on the way. Um, before, you know, they find a way to make it something else again. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned both Vin and uh, The Rock. I wanted to get your, uh, your thoughts on this real quick. Who, whose franchise is it moving forward? Because it's, it's definitely been Vin Diesel's franchise for the last, mm-hmm. uh, oh gosh, 15 years yeah. or something like that. That's how long this franchise has been going on for. But like moving forward, is it is it The Rock's franchise? No, it's not. Could you could you see a fa- a mainline Fast and Furious movie without Vin Diesel in it? No, because people, I don't think people will call it a Fast and Furious. I don't think movie. he would be in it. <laughs> That's why he, yeah. Fast and Furious presents Hop and Shaw. Yeah, like it's it's the brand the brand is owned by Vin Diesel, and you yeah. can't go away from it without him. That's true. You need to see him to call it a Fast and Furious movie. We'll see what Hobbs and Shaw can do, mm-hmm. and I guess that'll be the really big symbol for like or the indicator of what they can do going forward. But I don't think you have it without Vin mm-hmm. and I think when he hangs it up the franchise has to reinvent itself so that's where to lose momentum but right now I think they're riding high and they are I, I'm sorry pardon me but furiously moving <laughs> forward and so yeah I they're 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 top notch yeah top gear that's right they are and they're they're shifting into high gear right now and uh yeah I mean the fr- the future of the franchise looks incredible like this as weird as that is to say it like it just looks like they're going to continue spinning these things off and making big films. Whether it's the uh, Gal Gadot and Han movie, or whether it's like uh, you know The Rock's been teasing that like all of these characters in Hobbs and Shaw have like spinoff potential in them. Like I'd love to see like an Idris Elba origin movie or something with, with for Hobbs and Shaw. Like, that'd be mm-hmm. incredible. Or like Isa Gonzalez was said to like really impress those people. Maybe she gets her own film, or maybe um, Vanessa Kirby gets her own movie in this franchise. Like I could see them going in so many different ways um, where we're just getting a Hobbs standalone movie and then we get a Shaw standalone movie and then they come back together eventually. Like there are just so many opportunities here uh, for them just continue to blow this thing out. Michelle and, Rodriguez was hanging out with writers for yeah, a for, spinoff. That's right. Um, all, all female, female. film. Right. Yep. So it's, it's, it's gearing up to be something I think even bigger than it already is, which is crazy to say. And, uh, 
outlook looks pretty good, I would say, for uh, this franchise. Um, uh, this coming weekend, we'll be reviewing uh, Detective Pikachu on the main show, so mm-hmm. go see that. Um, but also, uh, this is the start, potentially, of a cinematic universe of its own uh, for, uh, again, Warner Brothers, which is really just potentially has a lot of cinematic universes on their hand uh, with Pokemon. Because um, Detective Pikachu, all indications are it's going to be a hit, whether it's with critics or audiences or even financially, probably. And uh, it seems like this is primed f- to set up so many different opportunities to do sequels, to do spinoffs, to do prequels, to do future installments in all these different ways where uh, this looks to be in one of like, the best positions with so little information about what the future is actually going to hold, where we know a sequel is being written for, Det- for Detective Pikachu already. Mm-hmm. There's been rumors about uh, Mewtwo getting his own movie um, as well, like... But other than that, we don't really know what is happening other than like, but I still have this feeling that like this is going to be big and it's going to be big for a long time. Yeah, 1,000, thousand percent. Like I, I, Pokemon is huge in general. It's huge internationally. It's huge domestically. And it's unstoppable just in its current form. Mm-hmm. Video games, trading cards, and wherever else it permeates. Pokemon Go, people buying yeah. things on there. I would love to see the numbers of like their financials. Um, but anyway... All of that said, um, Detective Pikachu, and for what it is, a genre movie inside of a Pokemon world, like, and you always have that, mm-hmm. but like, they're invested fully in that perspective, that take on it, from what it sounds like, mm-hmm. um, and that says that they can do all sorts of different Pokemon movies, not just like, eventually we're going to get the cliche, are you going to be a trainer? Yes, I'm going to be a trainer. Right. And he goes to the gyms, and that becomes a long-running right, Pokemon movie. Right, like the Ash like, solo movie. <clears throat> right, uh, Pokemon trainer's hero or something like that. Sure. Whatever the case is. Detective Pikachu 2. All of that stuff going forward of a Pokemon world inside the human one. Mm-hmm. Or whatever is going on there. I don't know the I think it's like a logistics. utopia where they all live together. Yes, okay. Rather than, like, rather than like the Shinto regions, right? Like, oh, we need to go like find them, and I, I don't know. Me neither. Okay, well, I guess we should probably see the movie, <laughs> right? But whatever comes from it is going to be born out across that world that they've already established, and the possibilities are endless. Like, it is literally they have like the nitrous in the tank, and Pikachu's behind the wheel, and ready to like turbocharge them and like send them flying. Mm-hmm. And this movie's going to do that, and whether it does it with a billion dollars. Or whether it's $500 million or a billion dollars to start, it's going to be a success. Right. Because there's no um, there's no precedent for it yet. But it, it's a thing that grabs kids, but as well as adults, mm-hmm. I think. I think. Um, we'll find out. Right. <laughs> and then from there, it'll just be incredible. But I do I do think the future of it, though, is not billion-dollar movies. It's like $500 million movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think every movie in this franchise is going to be a billion dollars moving forward, but um, I think we were talking about this before. I think it'll it'll build to that point where we're looking at all right. It's Detective Pikachu three. It's uh, the the Charizard movie. Like there's the whatever. Like it's uh, these movies are now eight hundred million dollars locked in at the box office worldwide because mm-hmm. of they're going to do two fifty uh, domestically. They're going to do bonkers in china and japan and then the rest of the international territories will fill it out with an extra couple hundred million dollars yes and that's what these things will be moving forward and then if one of them really hits and really connects then we're in that billion dollar range and uh because of that i mean i think 
they're really just waiting at one of the brothers and let Jerry to probably just like, again, like that, the monster verse analogy where they're just waiting to see the box office receipts starting to come in for this movie. And then once they do, we're off to the races and this thing's going to blow up. Yeah. I, I disagree with that take. Um, especially cause I think monster verse is going down again. Well, but. sure. I'm saying the same analogy of like Warner, sure. Warner brothers in the same position of they're waiting to see what happens with agree, both. I'll agree with you there. Okay. Um, there's also the transformers. That is a cinematic universe now, basically, because uh, we've had the five Transformers main films. I guess they're all semi-connected, and then we have the soft reboot with Bumblebee. But now there's not really anything we know for sure is coming, so which kind of leaves this whole thing in a kind of a bit of a question mark. We There's been rumblings that there's a new Transformers film in the work. There's been rumblings on Optimus Prime solo movies in the work. Uh, there's been talk of maybe Bumblebee getting a sequel. But so far, all this is really unconfirmed and really leaves us of a... We don't know what's happening. And uh, I guess at this point, the current status is it's better than it used to be. Like we're out of the Michael Bay territory uh-huh. and uh, like we're now moving forward with something brand new and potentially exciting as long as like they continue to, to channel what they did with Bumblebee, even though it's not going to be a billion dollar hit. Uh, it still made its money back. It still did well. And we're hopefully going to learn our positive lessons from that rather than, Oh, audience didn't, it didn't make a billion. So let's go back to the Bay style of just blow something up every five seconds. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal here is with transformers like at all. Travis Knight's Bumblebee movie was fantastic. And now you're like hearing all the things that they're going to do, but at the same time, Bumblebee did not do the billion that, Bay's movies have been doing right and so you're like what else can we where else can we take this Mm -hmm. and it'll take some slow evolution over time for them to get that right however you get a feeling that Transformers is on its last legs too at least it's a juggernaut Um, like you know the inevitable July release movie that gets us all to the theater somehow some way whether by curiosity or just because like what else are we going to see, you know? But I, I think, again, like what I talked about with Detective Pikachu, I think it's finally just settling into the, we can make $500 million with a movie like this once we find the right director, the right cast, and go forward. But there, I don't think there's momentum. No. I think there's just, there's permeance. There's like this omnipresent at the box office every two, every year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. um, because that's what it takes to get one of these made. Like there's, there's the the talks of the crossover, the GI Joe, right? The Hasbro shared universe, exactly. Um, the Snake Eyes movie, mm-hmm. is that right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Good for me. Is coming. Randall Park is ready. Ray Park. Oh, I was like Randall Park is there we go. Snake Eyes. He Whoa. would be. I, I hope he. Uh, that would be in something. In my dreams, would be perfect. And I don't think Randall Park's going to do the Snake Eyes movie either. So. Oh, okay. Um, that's all going to maybe happen. The G.I. Joe movies have said, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're in the position of uh, they just need to – They Bumblebee won hardcore Transformers fans back over. Like, this is what we want. This is what we want to see. Now it's just up to Paramount to get the rest of the world on board so they can keep making the money that they wanted to make already. Um, let's move through these last couple mm-hmm. uh, a little quick. Um, the Conjuring is a cinematic universe of its own. Uh, confirmed futures Annabelle comes home in this year uh, uh, and then Conjuring 3 in 2020 and then they are developing The Nun 2 and The Crooked Man as potential spinoffs slash sequels 
the current status of this cinematic universe is pretty simple in the moment, momentum. They make these for cheap and they make a lot of money in yes. comparison. So this is really well positioned uh, to continue to have a great future moving forward. Um, but other than that, uh, I mean, there's not really like the quality doesn't really hurt these films either way, whether the movie sucks or movie's great. Right. They're all kind of in that same territory of what they're going to do financially. So uh, the future looks good for the country. Absolutely. Like it's just, again, it's going to be this permanence where they just make cheap the big crush of the box office because we are obsessed with horror as a country. And so that'll be what happens, but I don't think they'll ever rise to the level of like greatness. Right. But their greatness is a different kind. Mm-hmm. It's low budget. They grab directors and let them kind of run wild in there. Um, David Sandberg is that guy who the Shazam director, mm-hmm. like without that, there's no Shazam. That's right. And so, like, when you call... I mean, uh, what's our big question again, Cooper? Uh, what cinematic universe has the brightest future? As dark as it sounds, we should consider the Conjuring universe as one of those. I think that makes sense. Because they're doing something different than all of these. You can't, if you can't make a billion dollars, mm-hmm. take a million dollars and make $50 million. Yeah, and if you didn't see the first Conjuring or the Conjuring 2, but you go see Cursed La Llorona... That movie still makes sense regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, like seeing Annabelle in there doesn't make it any more special for you. I mean, it makes it a little more special. You're like, oh, I understand that reference. Uh-huh. But like, there's no like, oh, I don't get this. Yes. Because I haven't seen these other films. Very self-contained and scary in all sorts of different mm-hmm. ways. Um, and the moment, there's no sign of them slowing down here. No. The Nun was their best opening ever. Yeah. The Even best movie it's... ever? Uh, financially, yes. Yeah, which is crazy, even of itself. Like, none two is on its way. That's right. And so, that is something to be watched for, too. Yeah, uh, we also have the Spider-Verse, uh, which oh. I totally forgot about uh, when we were prepping for this, uh-huh. but I remembered in the middle. Like, oh, yeah, Sony's also doing their own Marvel Cinematic Universe, That's in a sense. Right. Uh, with Morbius on the way, Venom 2 is on the way, mm-hmm. uh, confirmed. Um, but then there's also things like... Uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable and all these other characters, they have the rights to um, Silk that like they're semi-developing, but we haven't really heard anything on them in a while. Um, and so I think the, the like I don't know, it, the current status, the momentum behind it is kind of hard to gauge because like Venom was a big hit financially, but I think that was because it was Venom, a character a lot of people know, and then Tom Hardy, a, a person a lot of people know. Yes. Whereas like Morbius, eh, Jared Leto, eh. <laughs> when you're talking about like Black Cat, Silver Sable, Silk, Nightwatch, like all these like really obscure characters. Like I don't know. You got to really cast extremely well and cut together a really great trailer to get, I think people really involved. And at this point, we don't even know really how connected these movies are going to be to one another, to each other, to the MCU potentially one day. Like it's kind of at this crossroads of like uncertainty of what is this? Is it even a cinematic universe? We don't know. It's a, it's a loose assortment of films based around <clears throat> Sony Marvel Spider-Man characters. Yeah. Spider-People characters. And so, <laughs> I, I don't know if you can toss the animated world into this. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Um, because if that is allowed to be incorporated... I feel like that's its own thing. That's its own thing. I, I think feel it's like. its own thing, too. Right. I totally So, agree. I guess there's a Spider-Verse and the Venom-Verse? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I agree, too. Um, or this the Sony Spider-Verse. Sure. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, the spider the end of the Spider-Verse, ah, nope, doesn't I make any sense. I think there's a Spider-Verse, which is animated, and then Sony 
called their thing like Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters or something, yeah. which is like super wordy and clunky, and I hate it. So mm-hmm. that's why I don't call it that. Sure, <laughs> Venomverse yeah. is so much better. They need they need to get a shield like acronym for themselves. Yes, um, but it's just there. Like I think it's just I don't think there's momentum. It's a, that's right. That's a thing. Yeah, because even in the realm to Venom, we're just like. I can't believe this is happening. Right. And it's very so strange. So many ways. Like the, the, the turd in the wind thing was so surreal. <laughs> and then we're like, okay. And then it does a billion dollars. I don't think it does it again. Did Venom make a billion? I thought it did. It came really close. I think, it, I think it came close, but I don't think it actually got there. All right. If you can round up to a billion, sure. Go, go, go for it. You let's, know what I mean? Let's double check this. Double check that. But I'll just finish on my point here that they really have something that's novel, but I don't think they have momentum. It was like, we're just tired of bright and campy superheroes and we wanted to go see a very dark PG-13 hero. And I think that's what they got. What Morbius is, I don't know yet. We'll find out very soon, but it's not going to be rated R. And so that alternative won't be there um, like Deadpool was. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, it made $855 million. So $150, $145 million roundup seems a bit generous. All right, fair enough. Uh, but it made all that $100 million budget. So hats off to Sony because sure. that's incredible. Um, we, but I think those are the, the true confirmed. Those are, in fact, cinematic universes mm-hmm. at this point. In terms of vague, they could be potentially down the road. Mission Impossible, do you see that going into cinematic universe territory where we get no. spinoffs? I, I would love to see an, uh, an Ilsa Faust movie with Rebecca Ferguson in the lead role, but then also, how do you? I don't know if you can do Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise. That same, can you do Fast and Furious without Vin Diesel? Probably not. It's it's the can you put the subtitle up there? Sure, Mission and Impossible presents MI six. That's that's key. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and I, maybe Mission Impossible. I don't think can pull that off because Tom Cruise just belongs there. Yeah, I think that's probably true as well. Um, Jurassic World. The last two have been successful financially. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, fandom behind the original Jurassic Park movie, and now Jurassic World 3 is on the way for like 2021, I think, is its release date. Um, I don't see Universal giving up a multi-billion dollar franchise when Jurassic World 3 comes to an end. So whether it's more sequels, uh, spinoffs, and some, like, I don't know how you continued on, but I don't think this is the end. Yeah, Amblin's ties to it is the real part of this that makes it interesting uh, they would probably be like the force that pushes against maybe cinematic universe i can't see it you know um tailing out to anything else uh, especially too because jurassic world was just destroyed in terms of reviews and everything like that fallen kingdom fallen kingdom yeah, yeah. even though we both liked it i i enjoyed it yeah, yeah. But, I know I think we're like in the minority, but, uh, but uh, even though we both liked it for kind, different reasons, which is strange. It has not been kind on rewatches. Though. I haven't rewatched it, so I guess that could change. Um, Indiana Jones, another one that we know Indiana Jones 5 is on the way, but this feels like a Lucasfilm property and one for Disney that just seems ready for Oscar Isaac to step in as uh, Minnesota Tom or something and be like some brand new character that just takes over. <laughs> like, I don't know. I like it. It will be what it ever indie like i don't know indie 5 is just this unknown quantity we talked about it on the main show when we all where we also reviewed long shot check it out um it's gone through so many iterations but it will be the thing that lucasfilm leans on and lives off of in between star wars movies mm-hmm. and whomever they cast will you know make or break the franchise there are a lot of great charismatic actors 
Oscar Isaac is one of them who already has ties. Like, That's I, right. I, I, like, but I'm just trying to think someone in that mold, someone with that gravitas, wit, and ethos mm-hmm. out there will have to step in. And there's not many people like that. Right. But I don't think you can do uh, oh, and now somebody else is just Indiana Jones. You can't just pass on that mantle, I don't think. Like, you can't just be like, oh, <clears> now this, this other Alden Eric is playing a, a younger Indiana Jones again. Like, you can't do that, I don't think. I think you just have to create a new character, Indiana Jones 5, and then, like, spin off in, like, an Indiana Jones Adventures with... Oh, correct, correct, Somebody correct, else correct, correct, instead. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones has to be Indiana Jones. You can't just start all over. That's why yeah. we make, it, we make it a cinematic universe, right. not a reboot, yes. and a retooling, if you will. Um, but it... Without someone, without a major and incredible casting as Indiana Jones 2 mm-hmm. or Indiana Jones 2.0, it's really just like finally pulling into the station and ready to go. Yeah. And people disembark. Because, I mean, Harrison Ford isn't getting any younger and, you know, Star Wars actors are dropping like flies. So Unfortunately. Indiana Jones is not coming uh, back to life and he, like, you know, and resurging. Right, at right, all. yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's been what, uh, like seven years seven since years. the last one? Yes. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been a while. And uh, the last one here, which I think is closer to Cinematic Universe than any of these other last couple that we mentioned, uh, the John Wick universe. Uh, cause there's that There's that long, there's that, 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 that report several, maybe even like over a year ago at this point, that, that ballerina script was being retrofitted into the John Wick universe. Um, and then we know John Wick 3 is on the way. Keanu said, oh, I'd love to make more if, you know, it makes money. We can keep doing it. So I, I don't see the John Wick thing ending after 3, um, especially with the Continental TV show in the works. Like I feel like this is just a universe just with so many options of just, just keep telling assassin stories, whether it's John Wick or not. Um, the Continental Smack Universe, I guess maybe a better way to put it, where you just revolve it around the hotel and uh, the set of rules and like that assassin code and you just keep going forward because I would love, to, I don't I don't want it to stop. I just yeah. want to keep seeing these movies with the same style, the same feel, whether it's Keanu or not, mm-hmm. uh, just keep it up. Like, especially too, if, as long as it just creates the space for these, for people to test and pioneer action mm-hmm. from David Leach and the other guy. And, uh, Chad Stahelski. Thank you, Chad Stahelski. I mean, yeah, like if that if that Shea Hatton script is inserted into this and it looks like it is, I mean, like there's, yeah, there's, there's that one shot of that there, ballerina, there every are trailer ballerinas. that just catches my eye. I'm like, hmm, what does it mean? I feel like that's set up. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see, but um, uh, John Wick is reaching its pinnacle. I think with Parabellum, like people saying it's their best, it's the best one. Yeah. Um, already, so I'm hyped. Oh, I'm so hyped. Hyped. Can't wait to watch them again. Uh, and I hope I, this is the one I want to be, but I don't feel like <laughs> is going to be able to be carried without John Wick. Yeah, you know, um, the Continental TV series is interesting, and I think will open up avenues. But I, I think we're leaving the big screen. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, so then, at the that those are all of our cinematic universe that we could think of that I think are out there. I don't know if we missed any. Maybe we did. Um, which one of these, Josh, if you have to crown your champion, like what the, cinematic universe has the brightest future? This is tough. This is really tough. Um, and I've thought about but I've thought about it. And, like, I would, I'm going to give it to Detective Pikachu. Okay. I really think the staying power of these of these movies that will be kind of mid-level all the way through. Like, I don't think anything will ever be amazing um, after this first one. But I think the staying power and the ability to just do all sorts of things if Nintendo wants to mm-hmm. 
um, or whoever else owns them, I don't think. I can't remember. But or whoever else wants to, that'll be what gives it the brightest future because it really is what they make it. It's truly something incredibly new and diverse. I don't say diverse, but it just has a lot of potential behind it going forward. I mean, and you could say that like literally about a lot of these things. Yeah. I mean, MCUs and Star Wars, like they're they're made up things. You mm-hmm. can go for it. There's no running out of steam, really, because you could just keep reinserting and reimagining and going and going and going. Pokemon's that same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars, it, it, it's something interesting, but. I do agree to in some respects to like <clears throat> there is going to be a lull. Yeah. But they're big tent poles. Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu is one every two years, no matter what, because it doesn't matter what you do as long as you put Pokemon in. It. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think I would give it the crown of most potential um, because it's new. Yeah. And everything else you could make an argument is still chugging along. Great. Mm-hmm. But there is a, there is a novelty factor that I'm incorporating, and that's why Pikachu gets it. Okay, I mean, I, I think I think the Pokemon Cinematic Universe is a it, it, it's close. I think I would like to I would have liked to seen Pokemon before, yeah. uh, maybe um, to really gauge it's my own temperature. Um, but it feels more topical to do this beforehand than than after, because uh, it's like, well, maybe we should wait till after Godzilla King of Monsters comes out uh, <laughs> to see what the monster verse is like. We just like let's keep waiting uh, for all the new installments because a lot of these have installments coming out this year still. So, um, but it, it's really tough because I think a lot of these, like as we've kind of gone through them, all have for the most part pretty bright features. Um, like I think in terms of just like. Which one probably has the most, like the most staying power, no matter what, mm-hmm. may actually be the Contrain, where it's like New Line can continue to crank out these five million dollar movies that are loosely connected to one another, yeah, and that keep making two hundred million dollars wide, and for them, that's basically making like three billion dollars because of mm-hmm. how low their budget is, and in that way, like that's incredibly successful, and maybe that's the brightest future of them all because it's low risk and it's really high reward, whereas MonsterVerse, Pokemon, Star Wars, DC, MCU, those are. High budget mm-hmm. films. I mean, DC is kind of going with some lower budget films in there, but like for the most part, we're going super high budget, and these things need to be billion dollar grocers to like crack even. Yeah. And even though I think for the most part, like the MCU is probably going to do that with a lot of their films, and I am personally really excited for a lot of their future uh, things. It's also kind of hard not to like look at like DC and be like, they have a lot of like really promising stuff on the horizon as well, and but I'm still like confident that the monsterverse is going to last longer than just godzilla vs kong but maybe that's just me um i don't know it's really actually tough to choose <laughs> a winner here with because like, brightest future is kind of a vague term uh for me to choose here <laughs> for this it requires title requires some belief and i don't know i guess if like if i had to bet my life on like yep who is your maximum like, security like like in five years which of these cinematic universes is in the best position yes like i would probably still stick with mcu honestly like i feel like with the next three to four years of like movies that we know for sure are coming. Like there could be like, um, you know, black widow could not hit or the Eternals could be like, that's just too weird. We don't accept it. Uh-huh. But like black Panther two and guardians three and far from home. And even Shang Chi to a certain extent, this is very early on. I feel very confident in all, in all of those movies that they're all going to be well-received big hits financially, that they're all going to deliver in some ways. And so it's, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I feel like that's where I would go. Honestly, like, the MCU probably has the brightest future of them all somehow, still some way. I, 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 when I think about Shang-Chi and depending on what they do with that movie, 
mm-hmm. just in terms of like what it is. Like you know how they were making genre movies. Yeah, I can't. I can only wonder what that would be like. I want it to be when it comes out like a James Bond martial arts film. Yeah, like that. Like that's what I want it to be. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably where they're going, and like that, that could be like huge. I'm just I'm imagining it, and it sounds awesome. Yeah, just right there and then. But uh, but I, I I see what you're saying, and I guess I. Agree with you. And as long, as long as Kevin Feige, I'll say this, as long as Kevin Feige is mm-hmm. still with Marvel Studios throughout the next five years of this like vague like time span that we're putting up here, then I don't have any doubts about any of these movies. Okay, fair enough. He's earned my trust at this point. So, uh, But then, yeah, that's just me. We've ran through so many different cinematic universes that all have a lot of potential on them. Let us know what you guys think uh, on which cinematic universe has the brightest future. Tell us your thoughts. You can do so by tweeting us at Friends of Film on Twitter. And you can follow me personally on there at Movie Cooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at Just Josh Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head right to give us a five-star review with comments. That's why you chose the show. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film Podcast. Josh. Pikachu! And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.